Hello, you're listening to the Bonded Books Podcast, where we discuss books, fight over book boyfriends, and the lack of filter is a family trait. If you're lucky, you might even hear one of our dogs barking in the background. Because hey, if we have to deal with them, then so do you. We hope to dazzle you with our discussion while not being hurtful to the authors we feature. Success not guaranteed. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Can you hear me okay? Uh, yeah, I just had to turn my volume up a little bit. Oh, it would be helpful if I plugged in my microphone. Hold on. Okay. <laughs> so I have to unplug my microphone to plug in my printer. Okay. So I was just printing out the last of my notes. Okay, and you have your headphones on? Yes, dear. Thank you for checking. <laughs> You never know. (laughs) You never know. I don't get insulted at all when you ask me. Look at how good my daughter takes care of me. Well, it's really annoying because you and I both have Chromebooks, which, uh, hot take, don't ever buy this type of computer. It's the absolute worst. Yeah, I hate them. Mm -hmm. Never again. Never again. It only has one USB plug. So it's like, if you want to use the mouse, you can't can't use this at the same time unless you get one of those like adapter things i didn't even know they had adapters they do but i don't feel like they work that well that could just be me being leery of technology in general and rightfully so yeah (laughs) it is a form of the antichrist sometimes i feel like it is the devil so yeah (laughs) the antichrist (laughs) is the devil okay yeah I, i get i know All right. We need to start by introducing ourselves, right? Yes, because we are the consummate professionals. We realize that we never introduce ourselves because we know each other. (laughs) Well, and I also think, too, like, we don't say each other's names because we're like mom and daughter. That's fine. So it's like, I'm not going to call you by your name. That's weird. No, call me mom. (laughs) Please don't call me by my name. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, I'm just going to call you mom. That's fine. To the listeners, you know, especially if we have new listeners, they might not (laughs) know what our actual names are. Right. Yeah. So I'm Rachel. I am Rachel's mother. And my name is Kara. But you can all call me mom, too, because I don't care. (laughs) I like it. Yeah. So So, what's happening this morning? I know you went on a little adventure before we started. So I went to the gas station this morning. Brave, brave girl. Well, I needed gas because I have to run an errand later today. And I also have to go to a volleyball tournament on Sunday, which is far away. So I'm like, I have to get gas. And just in general, I think I had an 11 mile range. So I went to Costco this morning, got gas. And now having done that, I'm also now hoping that I have enough groceries to get me until next payday because I spent so much effing money getting gas today. (laughs) Oh God. Um, This is where we're at in life people because gas is so expensive and Costco is by far the cheaper gas station. Yeah. But it was still $5 and 55 cents a gallon. Oh, that's way cheaper than 
other places, they're $6 plus. I refuse to go anywhere but Costco to get gas. So I did that and I did not fill up all the way, but I cut it off when it hit $99. <gasps> no. Yes. Because I have a minivan. And uh, so I think I was at 17 and a half gallons. Wow. And it was $99. And I think my tank is 19 gallons. So I was pretty close to full. But still, when it hit, I looked and it was like $98. I was like, okay, time to take this thing off of life support. Yeah. Plug. yeah. Can't take it. Mm -hmm. And then the machine, they need to just turn this feature off. But the machine says... Would you like a receipt at the end? Yeah. And I'm sorry, I would like to forget this entire experience <laughs> as if it was a bad sexual encounter. Yes. So no, let me press no on that and mm. pretend this never happened. Well, let me tell you my story. So I neurotically have to fill my tank if I get to a half a tank because I'm terrified that some occurrence is going to happen in the middle of the night and I'm going to have to flee or I'm going to need to go somewhere far, far away and all the gas stations in the world will be closed and I won't have enough gas to get where I need to be. So I have to fill my tank up. I am almost out of gas for the first time in my life because I keep thinking I have to stop at a gas station, but every time I see it's $6 plus a gallon and I know there are people in other countries that are paying way more than that, but for our, us, it is shocking. So I just drive by the gas station. I go, oh no, I'm not paying that not today satan yes step <laughs> step back satan and i'm thinking you know you're talking to somebody that used to pay 75 cents a gallon and you're right when you have to think and choose between gasoline and buying food there is something really wrong. There are a lot of things wrong in the world right now. The Supreme Court stepping all over women's rights is a huge, a huge thing that's happening right now. The war is a huge thing that's happening right now. Gas is killing us. Yeah, I don't know. It's just a lot happening right now. And because gas is expensive, everything also gets expensive. Food, because now it costs more for the trucks to get to the grocery store. And... <sighs> You know, it's just a trickle down effect. Right. I was on Facebook last night and one of my friends, actually somebody I met in high school, she posted a picture from her grocery store. It was a picture of goldfish. Oh, just yeah. Re regular goldfish bag, like the little bags, just uh -huh. regular. At the grocery store, $5.19 for one bag of goldfish. Yeah, I'm terrified. I do not want to have to start eating cat food. You know, <laughs> yeah. it's my biggest fear as I get older. I do not want to eat cat food. And mm -hmm. I'm really afraid that that's where we're headed. You know, when you're on a fixed income, which is me, I have no income, or your how much money do you have to make to just be okay in the world today? I don't I don't know what's happening. <sighs> I, I don't either. Jeff was just talking about getting a second job again, because he's oh. like, we're gonna need it for gas and groceries. And you know, we have one grandchild is gonna start driving soon, right. and she's gonna need to go to college. And who knows how long this kind of shit's gonna last. So it's really concerning. Well, if people weren't so damn greedy, it's not even a question of how long it's gonna last. 
no one is going to, you know, if they're able to get this amount of money for crap, the price of things is never going to go down. And even if you look for an electric car, which I was looking online the other day, I'm sure the prices for electric cars have gone up because of course people need them now because gas is ridiculous. So greed again is like, let's raise the price on that. And even if you can afford to get an electric car, the electric company is going to screw you because now you have to charge that car and they charge an arm and a leg for electricity now. Mm -hmm. I am just glad I'm on the downward slope of being alive because jeez, oh, <laughs> I, I, I don't know what's going to happen. You know, when I was yesterday, when I told you I was trying to, I was in Medicare hell again, trying to get help and trying to purchase what I need through Medicare. The guy was telling how much it is a month. My first $500 for just enrolling deductible and it, they're on an annual calendar, not from the day that you enroll. So at the first of the year, I have the $500 deductible again. And I honestly said to the guy, this is all so that old people can be grateful when they're they die because it's just ridiculous and out of control. Yeah, I don't get it. And I don't, there's a lot of things I don't understand about healthcare. Oh. But what I don't understand is, so now you have to keep your children on your health insurance until I think they're 24 years old, which I think yeah. is absolutely fucking ridiculous. That is absurd. But if you can keep your children on your health insurance or you're required to until they're 24, then I feel like on the flip side, it should be an option to put your parents on your health insurance when they reach a certain age. Because Aww, you're it, so would be, sweet. it would be so easy for me to add you to my family plan mm. but it's not an option yeah like why am i required to keep my fucking bratty children <laughs> until they're 24 <laughs> instead of your sweet aging mother yeah but probably because kids that age really don't cash in that's exactly on why that is exactly why yeah but people like you who actually need it oh yeah i there's no option to fucking add you it's whatever yeah we it's annoying we need a separate podcast called everything that's wrong with the world and then some <laughs> <laughs> we don't want to bring our listeners down any more than we already have on on all that happy note i know i'm sorry you guys it's just very i feel like it's accurate and it's relatable to everybody and what's happening now in the world yeah when you're struggling and you're frustrated and you're trying to make ends meet just know we are all in the same boat. Yes. No ocean puns intended because of our book yes. that we're doing today. <laughs> Unfortunately, the name of that boat is the Titanic. <laughs> yeah. But we're all in the same boat. God. We're all going down together. That's right. Get the band to start queuing up, start singing. Yeah. Okay. God, that movie was so sad. It was. And he could have fit on that raft. That's right. Yeah, that's exactly <laughs> right. Oh, well. Uh, she did get a lovely necklace out of the whole thing, so. Yeah, but then she threw it back in the ocean. What the hell? Well, she was old and she was going to pass away, so who cares? Well, in knowing family, you probably would rather chuck your precious that's right. into the ocean than... Oh, my God. <laughs> someone inherit that. Yeah, don't open that Pandora's box of family greed and bullshit. Just saying, that's a level of petty to aspire to, I guess. Yeah, well, some... Depending on who you are. Yeah, some people already have. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
and you know who you are. But then again, we're here to talk about a book. Yeah. Let's go to our happy place. Yeah, our happy place. Reading is always good. That's right. All right. You do the intro. This book we are doing is, I feel like perfect timing. We didn't really plan it this way, but this is a book about a siren and it's fitting because it is what I've seen on Instagram as Mermay. Oh, because it's the month of May Mm. and mermaids are big this month, apparently never knew didn't know this until this year. But here you go. So the book we're doing today is fall in deep book number one in the deep sea chronicles. The author's name is Alira Anaya Cerise, C-E-R-E-S. And I apologize in advance if I screwed up every single one of her names. Yeah, we're trying our best. Please keep that in mind. And before we get into the book, I have to say I love the dedication in this book. I don't know if you read it, but... I did too. Oh, okay. So I made a note and it says to all the mermaids living on land, but with the sea in their hearts. It's like, Mm -hmm. oh, that's me. I liked that too. I highlighted it as soon as I saw that. I was like, that's good. Yeah, we're off to a good start. Now we can start with the prologue. Sure. Okay, so it opens from a woman's point of view with the sound of music, but there are bloody waves crashing on the beach. And the woman is remembering what had happened and she remembers men begging for their lives once the glamour wore off and they no longer see beauty but they see dagger teeth and black soulless eyes they had their throats ripped out but it sounded like a melody to her sirens are described as having beauty and cruelty in equal measure and they were feasting on their mail and ripped their meal sorry having a problem with my jaw again today sorry and they're uh, ripping flesh from the their bone when she leaves the ocean and her beautiful blue tail becomes a long, sexy pair of legs. And we find out her name is Eliana. And I apologize if I'm not saying that right. Another one starts to speak and we find out that this other siren is her queen. And she is not allowed to speak the queen's name for whatever reason. And the queen has never walked on land because she would not sully herself that way. But she tells Eliana to be discreet and reminds her that the blood moon is coming soon. This time was sacred for them and it told them what their lives would be. And she instructs Eliana to go and find them. Instant, morbid, Little Mermaid vibes. Loved it, yes. She's like sitting, lounging on the rock. (laughs) And she's like, her hand is dragging through the water. And she like plucks something out of the water. And she's like playing with it. And it's a human skull. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I'm like, oh, this book's gonna be interesting. Oh, this is like a good take on mermaids, but like not mermaids, right? Like you go into it thinking it's gonna kind of be like, Sirens are probably like mermaids. We're like, oh yeah, sure. They have tails, but they sing and they lure men to their deaths. But there's everything else to them is like a mermaid is what I was going into this thinking. But I really liked how it's instantly like, no, the only thing similar to them to a mermaid is like the tail and how they look. But otherwise, they're super bloody morbid yeah they're like the goth version (laughs) of a mermaid (laughs) on on steroids yes yeah so then the chapter one starts from a male's pov he is a detective his name is tyler marks he is 
on Blood Island, Maine. He's originally from New York City, but he was called to the island to solve the mystery of some missing tourists. Men have been going missing every month for the past three years. Marks is looking through one of the case files uh, near the beach when he spots a young woman who looks to be about 25 years old. She has golden brown skin and long wavy hair. She's playing beach volleyball with some other people and he's just kind of watching her because he thinks she's the most beautiful person he's ever seen. Sure. While he's watching, she ends up colliding with somebody that was passing by. The guy kind of gets upset that she bumped into him. He's drunk. Yeah. So Marks goes down to... I keep calling him Marks. I'm going to do that like the whole I am time. Too. But his first name is Tyler. Yeah. Okay, so Marks goes down to kind of make sure that this doesn't escalate more. And he eventually gets the drunk guy to go away. The mystery woman, instead of thanking him for his brave heroics and for coming to her rescue, she gets really mad at him. And it's like, I don't need you to intervene. Right. And she's not impressed, which I appreciated. She said, I do not need you to fight my battles for me. And then he just instantly says, I'm sorry to have caused you trouble, ma'am. Right. <laughs> yeah. And then then he starts questioning her about the missing people and explaining that he's a detective new to the island. And he asks if she knows anything. I did want to read the description of her eyes. Oh, yeah. This is what it says about her eyes. Her eyes weren't dark at all, but green mixed with the golden color of sunlight. I loved this description, yeah, I did too. especially because she is a siren from the sea and the way this is worded, it made me picture seaweed, like videos of seaweed, and you could see the sunlight coming through the seaweed. Oh, right. Mm -hmm. That's instantly what that quote made me think of. Hmm. Okay, so Aliana, this mystery woman, it's Aliana. She says that she doesn't know anything. So Marks ends up leaving the beach, and she thinks to herself that he's different and strange and that nobody ever argues with her. I put that, I highlighted that too. No one ever argues with her because she's a siren. Everybody falls head over heels at her feet. Yeah, she just thinks how weird it is, which I liked. That night, she goes to the, the shore, the beach, and she ends up luring a man to his death. That man was the drunk man from the running at the volleyball game wasn't it yes his name is last name is nelson okay oh no i'm sorry it's nelson patera she kills him by ripping his heart out yeah but it says she wrenched his heart from his chest his body fell to the sound to the sand with a loud thump but her gaze was not on him <laughs> it was on the heavy heart mm. in her hand red and slick with his lifeblood her teeth began lengthening into sharp rows and points the transformation settling over her body the blood exhilarated her made her stomach tighten with cravings in one quick swift move she bent low and took a bite of his heart devouring it until there was nothing left but the remnants of his warm blood on her finger Gross. <laughs> it's very gross. And then he just, she just pushes his body into the ocean, knowing that the waves are going to wash him out to sea. Gross. <laughs> she got what she That's wanted. Right. So then we switch back to Detective Marks. And he's frustrated with his investigation. The police station is small compared to obviously where he came from, New York City. Right. The locals aren't very helpful. And he has more victims than he cares to deal with. He says there's five victims, but earlier it didn't say one person per month. 
So I don't, I don't think it I feel said, like there should be more than five. Well, yeah, I think there should be more than five in three years, but these are five that we know of. So three of them are supposed locals that are fishermen and they were written off by the police department as being lost at sea. But apparently the local police are stupid because their boats are still anchored to the dock. And so there's three <laughs> locals. He's investigating the missing three locals and two tourists. And the thing that these victims had in common is that they had no family or kids and no one depending on them. The island depends on tourism. So obviously Marx is aware of the fact they don't want it to get out that this is happening because it will impact the tourists coming to the island. I think that's why he was assigned from New York City yeah. to go there, right? Because he's from New York, but this is in Maine. Yeah, so in real life, this would never happen. This doesn't happen. You can't cross her. If he was for the FBI, I could see the FBI coming in, but you are they're not going to send a cop from one state to another, are they? No, uh, I don't okay. think so. Okay. <laughs> so, of course, his mind goes back to the curvy woman he saw on the beach, and he starts getting a hard-on, and he also thinks to himself, I think I saw desire in her eyes, even though he also saw anger and frustration. I love this part. He starts to re-interview people, and he's going to start with the clerk that works at the hotel where the tourists were staying. And the guy that's working the front desk is named Bran. And he's in the lobby and he gives Marks this weird look, you know, this dirty look that Marks can tell already he doesn't like strangers. And I made a note that said, which is the worst possible job for this guy to have since he works in a hotel and he's going to be interacting with strangers all day long. It's his freaking job. I mean, working customer service Oh, sucks, it does suck. So. <laughs> Believe me, I know. I. Why do you think I retired early? It's like, I can't stand freaking people anymore. Bran ends up giving him information on the guests that disappeared, and he goes and checks their hotel room and asks for security cam footage, but there's nothing there. So he decides he's going to take a walk down the beach. Because there are some little shacks set up there where they're selling souvenirs and he wants to go and talk to these people to see if they recognize the tourist or saw anything. When he gets to the one of the shacks, it's like a rental shack, typical come here and rent your beach supplies for the mm -hmm. day. And it's some like teenage kid who couldn't care less about helping anybody. Sure. Right. Just typical teen attitude, but also having to deal with tourists. For being a town that thrives on tourism, all the people that work in town are pretty blasé about customer <laughs> service. So he doesn't get far with that kid from the rental shack. And later on, he ends up going to a bar to question people there also. It's a small island. There's not that much, that many places for him to check, right? So he's just making his way through all the well, places. Well, I think the kid actually tells him. He recognizes the victims and tells him they usually hung out at this bar called the Sirens Bar. Okay, you're probably mm -hmm. right. And that's when we find out that he, Marx doesn't like going into bars because he's a recovering alcoholic and he's been sober for five years. But, you know, there's a job to be done. And we also mm -hmm. learned that he became an alcoholic after the death of his wife. Yeah. Yeah, that was sad. He, said, he thinks about how at one point drinking had been an escape. Yeah. 
It had been his way of drowning himself in the sorrow of the death of his wife. Oh, sad. Yeah, and that the only happiness he ever found after her death was in the bottom of a glass. So he walks into this bar, and who does he see singing mm-hmm. on the stage but the mystery woman from the beach? And I, I love this line in the book where it says, he thinks angelic heavenly beautiful and before he knows it he's staring up at her from the edge of the stage so he's enchanted by her of course he is she's everything about her is supposed to be enchanting Mm -hmm. she's just made to be appealing yeah and once again he can feel his dick getting hard he's able to fall out from under her spell you know he shakes his head and he wants to move away from the stage but he wonders he's staring at her and he wonders if she knows what a temptress she is yes she does yes and eliana is (laughs) less than happy because she realizes she does not have the same effect on him that she has on other men she finds it burdensome (laughs) that he doesn't instantly fall in line like all the other men do. Yeah. Well, what's up with that, she thinks. So when she's done singing, he tries to question her again, but she's not super helpful. But she does finally tell him what her name is. Then she thinks some more about how different he is from other men. But then she thinks she wanted to kill him because of it. But she's attracted to <laughs> him too. But she also thinks... She didn't usually tend to want to fuck her prey before murdering them. (laughs) He might be a nice experiment. Yes. (laughs) Right. Yeah. And we also learn in this chapter too that about the sea folk, they don't venture out of the water or they, they do venture out of the water to have sex with humans, even though they have mermaid mermen available. The siren queen though, uh, that who she works for, does not want any of the people that work for her sullying themselves by having sex with a human. I think it's almost okay for the mer people to have sex with humans, but for the sirens, it's taboo. Yeah, so that meant that the detective was off limits. But, of course, her eyes lock on his erection, and she's, uh, you know intrigued by him so Marx starts questioning the bartender the bartender tells Marx that some tourist tried to grab Eliana once and he instantly gets that mm-hmm. protective who hurt you right. rage I, I think of this phase or like reaction as stabby for mm-hmm. you so He gets that instant protective thing all of a sudden for her. So he keeps going on with everything. And the next day, he's at the beach again, thinking about the case and his dead wife. And it's all sad and a lot for him. While he's there, a dead body washes on shore. The dead man turns out to be the guy that was at the beach confrontation with Eliana. So he goes back to the bar to question her again. She still isn't being helpful. So he takes her down to the station to continue questioning her. Yeah, he's starting to think that there's a common thread between all the missing people and her. And when Mm -hmm. he asks her to go to the station, she agrees to go. But she tells him, 
you're making a big mistake. They go in the interrogation room. I love this description. She appreciated his body the way a great white appreciated a mangled, bloody corpse in the water. That is, I highlighted that too. I love that. But then she also thinks she wished to devour him like a treat and fuck him until he forgot his own Mm -hmm. name, which made him a liability. (laughs) Sure. You can't have that. When they're in the interrogation room at the little table sitting across from each other, she starts to like take her foot and she's trying to like seduce him at this point to make him forget, I don't know, the line of questioning or what's going on. Who does this in an interrogation room? She starts running her foot up his leg and then rests it on his thigh. She's used to using her feminine wiles to get what she wants i guess so she's really since her voice isn't working on him i guess maybe she's thinking she'll use her body more maybe i don't know but he ends up basically just jumping out of his chair and telling her don't in a warning tone she just like looks him dead in the eyes and is like my foot slipped (laughs) which i loved that made me chuckle like oh sure did so she does confess to knowing all of the victims in some capacity but she does say that she had nothing to do with them disappearing she says that one of the guys sexually assaulted her like attempted to sexually assault her but that's really the extent of her interaction with them nothing really came from it she's saying but while he's trying to question her about everything that's going on the sheriff comes into the room yells at marks apologizes to aliana and lets her go Yeah, it's like, what are you doing questioning her? Not only does he let her go, he says, I'll get my secretary to take you home. And she's like acting like she's shaking and she is really distressed that he dragged her in there. It's all an act. Oh, the sheriff says she's the queen of this island, the angel. You arrested the woman who has done more good deeds in the few years she's been here than you and I have ever done in our lives. He's really pissed at Marx for what he did. Of course. Not only is the sheriff mad at Marx for bringing her in for questioning, but word gets out <laughs> that she was brought to the station. And now all the locals really hate yes. him because they all love her. And so they all take her side and they like make it even more troublesome for him to do this investigation right he's desperate to get back in everyone's good graces so he heads back to the bar to talk to eliana again and beg her to call off her minions and like dispel the rumor that he had her arrested because he didn't he was just talking right she gives him a hard time but eventually she agrees I i love their interaction here he's He walks up to her and, are you enjoying your day? And she smiles and just says, as a matter of fact, I am. It's funny. She doesn't really cut him any slack ever. She doesn't. She makes him work for Mm -hmm. it. So, okay. But they go from, they're like sitting at one of the tables at the bar. And he's like begging her, call off your minions. Tell him I didn't arrest you. Change the rumor that's spreading out. Blah, blah, blah. As soon as she like does, their interaction goes from him begging her to her playing a little bit of footsie with him again. He's playing footsie with her. It says that she's sitting at this little table and I love this. She's eating a bloody steak and she just Mm -hmm. doesn't even look at him. She's just cutting off pieces of her steak. She's even moaning as she's putting this delicious steak in her mouth and he's furious. He's getting furious. He ends up grabbing her hand and asking her to please stop. 
And of course, the bartender walks over to her and says, are you okay? Is everything okay here? And that's when she like intertwines her fingers with him. And she tells Eddie, who's the bartender, that everything's fine and introduces Marks as her quote unquote good friend because she knows Eddie's going to spread rumors all over town. And he goes, I thought this guy arrested you. And she's like, no, arrested me. No, we're very close and good friends. They're about to be very close and very <laughs> yeah, good they friends. Are. No, so she takes her foot and she starts sliding it up his leg. And he thinks it's the second time she had done this. And the first time he jerked away, but this time he's not going to. It says his hand reached beneath the table to grant to grab her ankle holding her still and he tells her don't again but she just smiles because she's like enjoying the fact that she's tormenting right and then he encircles her ankle slides his hand up her calf his hand just keeps traveling higher and higher and he's like staring her down the whole time but he knows it says he knows that the long length of her skirt curtained them from any eyes that would wander over to stare then he like puts his fingers behind her knee, which who knew that was hot? Yeah, well, I did. <laughs> <laughs> you don't normally see that in no, books. No, you don't, like, but it is. It's it is uh, it's sexy. So then he keeps moving his hand higher and higher. Yeah, this is crazy. So it says the space between opposite sides of the table were small, so he didn't have to stretch very far to reach between her legs. He'd expect it to come into contact with the silk material of panties, which I hate yeah, that I do word, too. but okay. He was surprised when he found nothing there at all. So he starts like finger banging her under the table. Yeah, and I think this guy's got the longest arm in the world oh they get interrupted by a waiter yes that's what happens mm-hmm. the waitress walks over and says to him can i take your order yeah but okay he just says like no thanks but this was hot it says he pulled his fingers from eliana's warmth his wet fingers slid down the length of her leg until they came to encircle her ankle again he pushed her foot away and didn't bring his hands up on top of the table until her feet were flat on the ground he brought his fingers to his lips and he pushed his fingers gently inside his mouth as he stared at her widening right. eyes. Oh, crap. Yeah. <laughs> this guy. Whew, is this how they make them in New York City? Yeah. Apparently. <laughs> you just say, yeah. Yeah. That was pretty mm-hmm. hot. It was pretty hot, but then she's also like freaking out because he's a human and he she has let him touch her right which is a big no-no and the mer people the sirens are not supposed to mingle with humans yeah so doesn't she think at this point now i'm really gonna have to kill him but first she's she's so like amped up she's freaking out so much over their interaction that she goes back to the ocean (laughs) even though she's not supposed to go into the sea until her task is complete Mm -hmm. but she just can't take it anymore she's got to find a merman to finish her off, she thinks. Yeah. So she goes in the ocean. She finds a merman who is like instantly like there for it, of course. Just like human sure. men. Sure. <laughs> Guy's a guy. <laughs> she doesn't really feel anything with him like she did with the detective. So she ends up pushing him away and going back to the to the sand beach area. And she lays in the sand and ends up finishing herself off. Yeah, because she realizes the merman would never would have been able to satisfy her the way Marks could. So yeah, she mm-hmm. has a little 
self-pleasuring experience. Yes, she does right there on the sand. Mm -hmm. So a little while later, things for Marks are getting a little bit easier for the investigation now that the rumors have been dispelled. He's not getting very far, though, but things are a little bit easier for Mm -hmm. him. Yes, people don't hate him as much. In the meantime, Eliana takes their time apart to come to the conclusion that she's going to have to kill him. (laughs) (laughs) Well, he must die. She thought about it for days before, but she's really come to the conclusion that's her only option. Right. This was sad, though. It says she felt impure ever since he touched her. Like a part of her was now less of a siren for what she'd done, for allowing him to touch her, and for the thoughts that ran through her mind ever since. She wanted him, and she was disgusted with herself for it. That's sad. Yeah. Poor thing. So she hates herself for wanting him, but then she hates him even more for making her feel this way. Well, you know what? That's true with humans, too. There's many times I've hated myself. (laughs) Been like, what the hell were you thinking? Yeah, why are you attracted to all these red flags? Red is my favorite color. I am a Taurus, so, you know, that red, waving red in front of a bull. (laughs) Her red flag, apparently, is that he's a human. (laughs) Ah, yeah. So she also thinks about how the people that she is she has been targeting these missing people are usually rapists and bad guys, but that she'll make an exception for detective marks because what else can she do? She has to kill him. Yeah. She's afraid he's smarter than the other cops and she doesn't want the secret getting out and she has to kill him because he touched her that and she's on a mission. So she needs to like stay the course. She's dedicated, if nothing else. She ends up gets getting summoned by the Siren Queen, and the Siren Queen has bad news to tell her. <laughs> she says that they need more humans than originally planned for the Blood Moon. And all she says is they need enough to satisfy the gods. So who knows what number that could be. Right. Mm-hmm. Aliana questions her a little bit and tries to do a little bit of pushback and saying things like people are starting to notice there's already somebody here investigating, you know, it's not going to be as easy for me to complete the tasks, but the queen gets her back in line quickly. And she says like, I'll do it no matter what it takes. Yeah. And she is upset because she was only taking these people that were murderers or evil Having to get more men means she's going to have to take innocence, which she calls innocence. People that have no crime against them and people that have children. And she doesn't want to do that. She doesn't want to do that because even though she's like an evil siren, she does have a little bit of morals. She's an evil siren with a heart. Not just the hearts that she's eating. (laughs) Right. But the queen thinks, or I mean, the queen tells her, he's a human, they're humans, it doesn't matter because all humans are evil. Just kill them no matter what. Right. And I think something we need to mention is that the queen holds this trident in her hand and attached to this trident is trophies of all the people that she's killed, Eliana knows that if she disobeys the queen, that she will also be killed. Yeah, she'll be a, a trophy on the trident. It's very creepy. Yeah. Detective Marks is at the beach again. Mm-hmm. He spots Eliana, but she is out with Eddie, this guy named Eddie. He's the bartender from the bar, right? Yes. And he is yeah. livid. This man has no self control. <laughs> Does he? I mean, do you think he does? I don't. No, he flies into a rage quite often. Yeah. (laughs) Especially when he sees this. 
he sees them, but they appear to be out on a date to him. I think they were like at the ice cream stand or something. Yeah, not only that, but she is almost a not in a almost non-existent bathing suit. Yes. Mm -hmm. And before he realizes it, what's happening, his feet are taking him towards the two of them. He goes up to her. He goes, I need to speak with you. And she goes, sorry, but I'm with Eddie at the moment. Of course. It's Really just poking the bear right. here. But he says, it's official police business. <laughs> like, sure yeah. it is. He takes her off and he's like, is there some place quiet? We can go speak. I have like this theory I want to talk to you about. Blah, blah. Just making up a bunch of excuses to like drag her away from Eddie. Yes, and get her alone. Know a quiet place we can talk where we won't be overheard. Okay, here we go. Yeah. He <laughs> She takes him to the base of a lighthouse. Go ahead, ask your question so I can get back to my date. Okay, but I love this part because she goes, I don't need to give you any explanations regarding the men I choose to see. And he goes, you don't. I just worry is all. And she's like, oh, that's so sweet that you're worried for me. He's like, I'm not worried about you. I'm worried about the men. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was a laugh out loud, you know, moment. And uh -huh. she slaps him. I know. My God. And she's all, you're quite the bastard. And he's like, you assaulted an officer. I can have you arrested for that. And she's like, you wouldn't. He's like, you're right. I won't. Then he starts questioning her about like, why does everybody love you so much? What about the disappearances? So he is actually questioning her. Right. And he tells her, you're but, obviously you're happy here and people love you. you. They adore you. So he's come up with this theory that it's not her mm. that's hurting the men in town, but that it's somebody who is obsessed with her that is hurting the men in town. That maybe she has a stalker in town. I think that's a plausible. Yeah, I think so too. Mm -hmm. This actually kind of works out because he thinks maybe someone was so angry on her behalf and that they murdered the men and had them them thrown in the ocean. Yeah, and I, I like this because she's amused and she's not at all worried. <laughs> Why would she be? Because she knows. I could kill anybody. I could take out anybody. He wants to assign somebody to like bodyguard her. No, he doesn't want to assign someone. He wants to be her bodyguard. That's right. He wants to like follow her around, right? Yeah. To, to quote unquote protect yeah. her. Yeah. And she's all no. And he's like, no. She's all no. I don't want you following me around. And I'm sure she doesn't because she's busy killing people. Of course. She doesn't want him all up in her <laughs> yeah. business. Not that way, at right. least. <laughs> She questions him like, do you really want to capture a bad guy or do you just want to satisfy your curiosity about me? And then she's like, if you're just curious about me, then you could stop talking and you can kiss me. Yeah. I was like, okay. Yeah. So he does. Of course. Who wouldn't? He kisses her soundly, mm -hmm. removes the tiny like little strings of bikini that she's wearing, gets her basically naked, yeah. right? And then he finger bangs her again in the sand but this time he can get her to completion because they're in that nice secluded spot yeah i'm thinking isn't and this broad daylight it is yeah and apparently this island is covered in tourists but not in this one yeah, little spot thank god he calls her a vixen and says you'll be the death mm -hmm. of me Little, Little does he know, she really will. Yes. <laughs> yeah, and she also never kissed a human before. And it said, in fact, she'd never kissed anybody because sea folk, as she refers to them, they don't kiss. I mean, maybe it's weird to kiss underwater, but it's not like they yeah, breathe through their right. mouth. 
but she has gills when she's a siren. Yeah, so, I don't know. Uh, what do I know? But as soon as she's done having her orgasm, I liked this because she's just like my turn and she flips him over so she can give him a blow right. job. Turn, turn about is <laughs> fair play. These scenes are good and they're pretty descriptive, which I liked. But then it was sad because as soon as they're done, she starts to tear up and cry and like freak out because she's like, I did. She's thinking I did even more stuff with this guy and I just keep making it worse and worse and I can't stop myself. Yeah, she when it comes to him, she's doesn't have the control that she's used to. Mm -hmm. She had instant regret, which was so sad. It's like, oh, just enjoy it. Yeah. But she right. Can't. It's sad. It is sad. She's very conflicted over how she feels about him and how she is supposed to act as a siren. Yeah. And she's thinking to herself, I'm weak. I'm stupid. I'm foolish. She had broken one of the most important roles that the siren queen had laid out. And now she realizes she'd given this guy not just her body, but her heart as well. Aww. But they were doomed. She Poor also thing. thinks that. They're doomed from the start. Mm -hmm. They don't have a future. One could dream, I yeah, suppose. right. So he tries to cheer her up by taking her out on a date or doing something to cheer her up. So he ends up renting a motorboat and taking her out to sea for a little yeah, bit. Yeah, this was creepy. While they're out there, he tells her a little bit more about his wife. Mm how she passed, her death, and his drinking problems. They're all related. His wife died in a car crash because a drunk driver slammed into her head on and she died on impact. And then he says like he felt guilty for then turning to alcohol because alcohol is what led to his wife's death. Well, oh, yeah, so, he's stuck in a quagmire. It's sad, but it is really sweet to have him talk about his wife and kind of get it out there. And she's a good listener and she's she consoles him pretty well, I think. I agree. And he tells her, you know, her name was Martha, but I used to call her Eminem. Her, that was her nickname because Max is her last name. So Martha Max is Eminem. Yeah, that was yep. cute. Cute little pet name. Yeah, and she, Aleanda says to him, and I thought this was really sweet, her death must have been a terrible, terrible thing. I grieve for your loss. I liked that too. Yeah, and he thinks that was a strange thing for her to say, but he liked it. It's like she got it. Because people usually say, I'm sorry. Right. But this is like, she actually understands instead of just placating words to make him feel better. Yeah, and then he asks her, have you ever been married? She, sa she says, no. And where are you from? And this gets weird. She says, Italy. But I like the waters better. I like these waters better. And he tells her, she says her full name, which is Eliana Antonia Di Romero. Then she goes, there's not much more to tell, but there's so much more to tell. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there's not much she can tell him at this point. Yeah. And I'm thinking, is she really from the waters of Italy? I don't. I don't think she is because she just said, the way she says it is, I am from, and then she, it says, she gave a slight pause, cocked her head to the side as if thinking of the oh, answer, okay. Italy. So I'm thinking maybe she's just making it and up. And she made up this big long ass name too? Okay. Maybe. Or maybe she's trying to think of the human name for Italy, because maybe they call it something different for sirens. I don't know. Yeah. yeah I don't know either. So then <laughs> this was cute. He goes, how old are you? And he says, I'm 35. She calls him a baby yeah. though. <laughs> He's like, what? 
sorry. He's all, excuse me? Oh, he asks her after that, how old are you? And she says, I'm 28, which is hilarious because she's saying you're a baby for being 35. But then she's also saying that she's younger than him. She's got to keep her story straight. <laughs> she's not yeah, doing a great job not. of it. And on top of it, it's mm -hmm. causing confusion for me. So they're talking and having a decent time. And all of a sudden <laughs> the boat starts rocking. And no, this isn't a metaphor for sex. Yeah, this is terrifying. I won't go out to the sea. For this very reason. This is my biggest fear. He ends up going overboard and Eliana has to dive in to save him. He's being like dragged under by an octopus. Yeah. Well, the queen, Terrifying. she's, the whole time they're out at sea, she won't put her hands on the side of the boat, can notice that she's nervous and tense. And she keeps glancing at the water. And doesn't she see the queen through the water giving her dirty looks? And then all of a sudden, the boat starts getting banged. Yes, the queen is there. Yeah, so the jig's up. For giving her, her bad yeah. looks. She's definitely not getting relaxed by this boat ride like he intended. Mm -hmm. He's thinking it was a mistake. She ends up having to bite the octopus's tentacle to get the octopus to release him. Yeah, because she, she's freaking out. Of yeah. course. And she helps him get back in the boat. They continue on with their day or whatever. But, of course, later mm -hmm. on, she is summoned by the Siren Queen again. And the Queen is really mad at her for getting intimate with a human. She calls her like a whore, a human fucker. Yeah, oh yeah. All these horrible things. She's super mm -hmm. mean to her. She begs the Queen for a second chance. Please don't take me off of this task. Turns out Eliana's a lesser siren. So this is all she's really good for is these like errand jobs. Errands of like going to the shore and getting humans. <laughs> right. Because uh, most of them, the higher up they are, the less they will get out of the sea and walk on land. Something about they don't want to sully their tails or like disgrace their tails by turning their tails into feet and walking on sand. That's how they view people who walk on the land. Right. Or other sirens, I should say. Yeah. And the queen ends up slapping her and raking her nails down Aliana's face, cutting her cheek open. She says, if you speak again, I will kill you. But she does agree to give her a second chance, but only if she brings that human, Detective Marks, as one of her sacrifices. Yeah, and she agrees. So she goes from saving his life till, okay, he's going to be part of the sacrifice. And she's like, the queen says, you better not fail us or I'm going to tie your heart to my trident. So you better bring him. Get in line or you're going to yeah. be paying the consequences. Yeah, and even though our, she was upset, she knew she couldn't disobey her orders. I think it's the next day then. Marx goes to question Eddie at the bar. That's the guy that Eliana was on that date right. with. He thinks that Eddie is the stalker. Eddie ends up admitting that he did see some interactions that she had with one of the missing persons because he was kind of stalking her. He was watching her through the security cameras that the bar had. So he's actually playing nicely into this stalker theory that the detective has. Right. Yes. Everything's pointing to Eddie. But while he's there talking to Eddie, Eliana shows up and tells Detective Marks to take her home and, and I quote, make me yours. <laughs> so they hightail it out yes. of there. They get back to his place and she thinks how she wanted to fall in deep 
deep into the depths of the unknown with him at her side, which was cute, kind of ties into the title of the book. But then she says, come fuck me. And he says, he says, I have no plans on fucking you. Mm -hmm. And she goes, fine, but I thought you wanted to. And he goes, I have no intention of fucking you, but every intention of making love to you, there is a difference. (laughs) I can't. Every time this happens, even though I hate that phrase, I'm going to have to point it out just to say how disgusted I was. Yeah. And you do. <laughs> because, <laughs> because you are. You are you get freaked out. I don't like it either. It's like, please don't say It's an instant turn off. Yeah. Yeah. No. It like makes my vagina shrivel mm-hmm. up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Self-lubrication stops immediately. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah. They end up having sex. Yeah, but can we talk about this sex scene? Sure. He ends up taking off her clothes and she says, take me now. And it says he slides his dick down her folds and positions himself at her entrance. And then he slammed himself into the hilt inside her. And I thought, oh my God. Mm-hmm. I-, I don't think take me now means I don't know. That was just... And then he looks at her and says, did I hurt you? And it's like, of course you hurt her, you stupid fuck. <laughs> That's not how you enter a woman. I think I was fixated on earlier before they started having sex. He whispers at her collarbone. He says, I'll make it all better. That also made me kind of shiver, like not in a good way. Sounded kind of creepy. Yeah, okay. I was so fixated on her not being a human, on being a siren, that when he says, you're so wet, I was just thinking, like, is she wet like the ocean? Yeah. Like, <laughs> how wet are we talking here? How wet does a siren yeah, get? Yeah, apparently very, very wet. He just starts banging her, you know, her head's hitting the headboard and... Of course, he puts his hand out over her head to protect her. I guess that's supposed to make Mm -hmm. it all better. Their sex scene was actually pretty short. Yeah, I don't like it. And then it says he grunted, comma, froze as his seed filled her. And I'm like, that is a disgusting description. I I don't like the use of seed either. I don't like that he grunted and, you know, I just didn't like their first sex scene at all i guess i mean i was thinking it was pretty accurate for how like awkward a first encounter usually is with somebody you've never had sex with before and she's never had sex with a human before so does that mean okay i'm gonna go off on a weird tangent here this is what these books do to us if she's never had sex with a human before does that mean she's never had sex with legs before yeah because she's only had sex with her tail yes i mean I don't know. <laughs> I. <laughs> Why do I think? I don't know. I was just then... thinking that you really um, <laughs> pull yourself out of the fantasy in the moment, and you, they, your mantra needs to be: "It's a fantasy." Then part of me. Okay, <laughs> this is embarrassing. Oh, to please admit. tell me. Tell our listeners. But then, okay. Part of me is like, she's a siren. And so I'm a little disappointed that she is having legs while they're having sex. <gasps> I almost wanted her to not shit while they're doing it. <laughs> yeah, I, okay, you're twisted. But when we read all of these books about the men who are aliens and they have all these alien features and they have spurs and they have all these yes, things. Yes, but the, the partner. Snakes with tails. The partner they're with knows that they're in that form. He does not know she's 
a, a siren with a tail. No, okay, that would be weird if all of a sudden she shifts into a siren while they're having sex. But no, like if he knew she was a siren, obviously that wouldn't work here because he doesn't know that she's a siren. But but where would they have sex then? In the water? He, so he would drown or on the land so that she would die because of the air? <laughs> Oh my god, all I'm picturing is a sea otter on its oh, back. Oh dear god. And he's like he's like the rock that's Are on top of the Are they in the bathtub? <laughs> the rock that's on top of Okay, stop. Come back. Come back from your tangent, please. I can't. This is where my mind goes sometimes. <laughs> well, when you were saying about the first time she's having sex and how it's awkward, you know, it's normally it's awkward. I instantly started flashing through the plethora of people at the first time I had sex with. I don't think awkward is the word I would use to describe it. Maybe the okay. very first time I had sex, that was horrible and what a waste. But <laughs> that has awkward stamped all over it. Well, this is her first time having sex ever, I guess, as a human at, with legs. So I don't know. It, it This scene was fine for me. Yeah, we're, it was okay. All right. So to, to reel us back in, I'm going to say he ends up holding her on the, you know, in his arms and she waits until he starts to fall asleep. He's asleep. And then she whispers, I love you to him. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then... Her heart broke as reality settled in. And then she thinks to herself, it's too bad I have to kill you. But then he wakes up and she ends up giving him a blowjob. They go from her giving him a blowjob to him having sex with her up against the wall because she's like, this sounds like it would be fun. Hold me up against the wall while we have sex. Yeah, but he also thinks, and I don't understand where this came from. She had the strangest notions of sex for a woman. Why? What is his, what is that thought based on? And it made him think that someone probably hurt her because he thought when he woke up, she was gone, but she wasn't. She she was in the bathroom. Oh, because he says that she only knew of fucking and leaving and he wanted to show her that there could be more to it. He's thinking like maybe she never had a relationship and she's only had casual sex, I guess. And that's what he means by a, what was the phrase? Um, strangest notions of having sex for a woman. Because maybe because men are usually known for having the wham, bam, thank you, ma'am. Uh, hello, me too. I have that notion. I remember one guy, I told him, you know, afterwards you have to leave. My daughter's coming home in the morning. And he was like, what? <laughs> he was horrified that I told him to leave. And of course, we ended up dating for four years. <laughs> <laughs> but it was like, yeah, you you got to go. You can't stay. That's the secret for keeping them on Apparently, the hook, for don't making them think it's a short term Yeah, because thing. I seriously, that was one of the times I thought, well... I don't know when I'm going to get laid again, but I wasn't interested in him. So, okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, but I don't like the generalization of women. She, she has strange ideas for a woman. It's like, what the fuck does that mean? A woman can fuck you and leave just as easily as a man can fuck you and leave. There's nothing wrong with that. Whatever. Okay. So he, she's, she is still there. And she's all, will you make love to me again? He starts to fuck her up against the wall. And she's like, don't hold back. He's all, I don't want to hurt. Was he holding back the night before no! though, when he slammed into her? I don't think so. Yeah. And he's like, well, I don't want to hurt you or frighten you. Well, he didn't give a fuck last night. And then he questions, had, was it too late for that? Had he already been rough with her? Yeah. But uh -huh. she says, do I look like I'm afraid of you? And that that's it. That quote unleashed the storm between them. Well, she did ask for yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> 
Yeah, and he ends up fucking her against the wall. He ends up having sex with her again, but then he falls back asleep. And when he wakes up again, this time she is gone. So he goes to look for her and turns out she's at a fundraiser on the beach. My note is between her murdering events, she actually does a lot around the (laughs) island for charitable work. (laughs) Yeah, it's the yin and the yang of her life. Mm -hmm. She really likes children and she does a lot of good around the island, which is why a lot of people on the island love her. But then she also is like a vigilante because she takes on these bad guys and rapists and what have you that she's luring out to the sea or or just the guys that she's using as sacrifices. Yeah, so he he's terrified that, you know, that's the other thing I thought. He's supposed to be watching her, being her bodyguard, but he falls asleep and, you know, she leaves. And then he wakes up freaking out going, oh God, what if something happens to her? But he ends up finding her whirling through the sand in her long yellow dress. And he's angry because she's dancing with Eddie. And it's not just Eddie. She's dancing with all these other men who are touching her, grabbing her, pawing at her waist. It's sad because he tries to confront her about it and she gives him the cold shoulder. Mm -hmm. All she says is, we cannot be together. I do not know why you ever thought we could be. Yeah. So he gets mad. He's like, well, I'm not going to beg. Nor should he. Yeah. So he leaves. And she thinks she would no longer love him when she would have to kill him in the end. Her queen had demanded it, and so Eliana would deliver. Yeah, but, you know, it still makes her tear up. There's sexcapades <laughs> for her. I think she was trying to, like... Fuck him out it? of her system? Yes, she was trying to get him out of her system. So, for her, it really was a, like, one-night event. Let's just do this, and I'm gonna move on with my life, and you're gonna yeah, die. well, you know, the world keeps turning. She's pretty cold here, but what can you expect? She's yeah. a murderer. So, so Marx ends up burying himself in the case again. He finally gets a little bit of a lead when the sheriff says something to the effect of Eliana moved to the island a couple of years ago. And when she did, everything just went downhill from then. Yeah, that's a real opening, eye-opening thing. This is his like aha yes. moment. Turns out that she got there three years ago and that's exactly when the disappearances started. So now he's starting to really question himself again and think maybe his initial assumption and instincts were correct. He goes to her cabin to try to question her, but as he's pulling up or as he's walking up, he sees her leaving. Yeah, she's running towards the ocean. Her cabin is on a cliff over the ocean. Yeah, she ends up leaving in such a rush that... She leaves her front door open and he ends up letting himself in with the typical, you know, that workaround police officers have. Probable cause. Is everything okay in here? I thought I heard screaming. (laughs) Yeah, that... I'm thinking everything he saw or found would not be admissible in court. So he goes in the house and he starts snooping around. Her house is full of sand (laughs) and seashells and glasses of salt water and he even thinks at one point does she drink this stuff yeah. why does she have glasses of salt water like hello if she's drinking salt water like we have problems right dude. well she'd be dead you'd be dead if you drank salt mm-hmm. water <laughs> yeah she'd be too busy shitting her brains out to be doing all this charitable <laughs> work but that's a whole other story <laughs> yeah 
So he starts going through some drawers and he looks in a drawer and he ends up seeing human bones. Yeah. Okay, creepy. Yeah. Her little trophy mm-hmm. pieces. While Marx is busy snooping in her house, Elian is having yet another meeting with the Siren Queen. Yeah, they meet a lot. Um, she's, they meet all the time. She's really uh, micromanaging <laughs> bitch. Yeah. <laughs> Nobody likes a micromanager. Nobody does. Eliana is telling her that she's going to have 10 sacrifices for the ritual that's going to happen tomorrow night and just updating her on her progress. After that, she goes back to her cabin. And when she gets in her cabin, Marx is there and he has all of her bone trophies lined up. Oh, so creepy. Mm-hmm. Include, including a human skulls. She ends up confessing the truth to him about everything and she even even transforms into her siren shape in front of him. Yeah. Because he, he thinks she's, she's just really crazy. Well, yeah. And then she starts going off on this whole tangent of like, I'm a siren. I have a queen. This is why I have to murder yeah. these people. I'm just, I'm just doing my job here. I bro. only take bad people. <laughs> I don't take good people. She tries to write it off as I only take rapists and bad guys and all this stuff. And then of course he gets very high and mighty and he's like, well, you're just doing just yourself you're Mm -hmm. not doing the court of law sort of justice i like this thought that he has that he'd betted a psychopath (laughs) haven't haven't Mm -hmm. we all at some point (laughs) i did like that he's not instantly okay with everything she's Mm -hmm. saying Uh, he questions her you expect me to believe you're a mermaid and then she frowns not right. a mermaid, a siren. Yeah, there's a difference, dude. Well, he basically is like, yeah, because there's a difference, like rolling his eyes. And she goes, there is. Mermaids are born from foam and tide. Sirens are born from death and tragedy. Mm, that clarifies it yeah. for sure. Sirens were said to be maidens murdered at sea. The god of tides had felt so sorry for them that he had given them tales, magic, and enchanting voices to avenge themselves. I love yeah, that part. I, that I highlighted cool. that too. And he just tells her, I've you're never sick, heard that you need help. No, I just need help murdering these people, bro. Yeah. <laughs> right. And then she finally, tr- she changes into a siren to prove her point. So it works, obviously, because now she's like a mermaid siren thing with a big mm-hmm. old tail. But she can't breathe. Yeah. So he ends up picking her up and running her to the ocean and dumping her into the ocean so she can breathe again. Yeah, but he... He actually looks at her in siren form, which is supposed to be terrifying and scary, but he thinks she's beautiful. And he describes her eyes and he says, one eye was pure gold, the other black and green. That was kind of weird. Yeah. Yeah. I noticed that Her mouth is wider and he thought he got a glimpse of sharp teeth. She sounded kind of creepy, but cool at the same time. Yeah, so she's dying because she can't breathe air. So he scoops her up and, and... Tells her, hold on, hold on. And he runs her back to the ocean. They talk some more. She gives him more background on mer people, their gods. She tells him more about the queen. Mm -hmm. They have a pretty good talk and they confess to each other how much they care for one another. And eventually he ends up letting her go or like they part ways. But he's conflicted over his love for her and his duty as a police officer because he cares for her. But at the same time, she's the bad guy that he's been searching for. Yeah, and she he makes her promise that she will not kill any more men. Which she agrees, but then at the same time, in the back of her mind, she's like, or she's thinking in the back of her mind, you're one of my next victims. Yeah, she's a lying liar. He's a little quick to 
trust her. <laughs> yeah, and he she does explain to him about the blood rite and that it occurs every 200 years. It's called the blood moon. They have to make a sacrifice to ensure their survival and their magic. She's trying to get him to see that this event is a necessity for right. them, even though he doesn't want her to do right. it. So he's debating what to do about the whole situation. And I think he's at the police station because while he's there, somebody's telling him like, go home. You look like shit. You need to yeah. rest. And by the way, they end up go, you might want to yeah, go look at the, the blood moon while you're driving home. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like tonight. Tonight's the blood moon. So like, get out and check right. it out. Uh, he didn't even realize that this was happening. He knew that it was going to happen, but he didn't know when. So of course, now he's in a full blown panic of like, oh shit, tonight's the night. Yeah, it's all happening tonight. So he runs out of the police station to try to find Eliana. But as soon as he gets outside, he gets ensnared by her singing voice. Mm-hmm. Kind of creepy, but cool. He starts walking towards the voice and under its spell, but he manages to eventually break out of the spell because he's got like that mind power or something. Yes. There's something about him that is different. So he's able to get out of the spell. But while he's recovering from the siren call, he's like, is he like huddled on the ground or he's something about him he's trying to recover and a stranger approaches him and she says she is the keeper of the lighthouse and that she was a siren yeah because if you stay out of the water too long you're not able to shift back you're you're stuck Mm -hmm. with your legs so this interaction was super random the only thing i could think was that this was a bit of setup for book number two that's a possibility yeah not needed and the only thing i could think is that it's a book two thing yeah and she also tells him your gun is not going to be able to stop her you need a stronger weapon and he's like well i've got to try she's like well good luck to you and she walks away she's basically saying you're gonna try and you're gonna fail but whatever yeah (laughs) so he he ends up getting down to the beach and he sees all of the men are there all of alana's sacrifice are lined up and they're waiting for the siren queen Uh uh-huh all her sacrifices are lined up nice and pretty for the presentation to the siren and i was really surprised because i thought he was going to be able to stop the sacrifice but it's just right away the queen stabs the first guy in the chest she eats his heart and she throws his body all the mer people are in the water there's hundreds of them and they all start you know eating him it's like a bunch of sharks like devouring or piranhas like devouring his body it's gross the visual yeah and when he tries to shoot the queen he misses then yeah he ends up getting pulled under the water for a minute and then he's able to like get out of the water or something and then the queen commands eliana to kill him she like gives her a knife and is like kill him he's begging her don't do it she ends up stabbing the queen instead Mm -hmm. and then the queen retaliates and stabs Eliana with the trident. They try to escape, but they can't. They come up with a plan of what can they do. And Eliana says the best hope for them is for her to reverse the song, which 
would get rid of the sacrifices. Right, they snap them out of the trance. And that they need to separate the queen from the trident because whoever holds the trident has all the power. Yeah, so Eliana starts singing the reverse of the song and Marx ends up, he can't hit the queen with a bullet, but he can throw a dagger and hit her in the wrist, making her drop the trident. And all the mer people go insane because whoever is holding the trident has the power to rule the ocean. When he was shooting at the queen before, I think the queen was looking at him. And so the queen used her magic to like deflect the bullet. She used the ocean, yes. When he throws the dagger, the queen is focused on Eliana. And so because she's not focusing on him, he's able to hit her in the wrist oh, okay. in the arm or something and that's how she drops the dagger because he injured her in the in the thing holding the trident so trident ends up falling into the ocean and then now all the mer people are going nuts trying to get the trident they all battle for it the trident ends up in the hands of titan which is the siren queen's betrothed and so there's a second of thinking oh there's a new boss in town a new mer i think it said a new mermaid king or something because titan is a merman Mm -hmm. but he ends up taking the trident and handing it back to the siren queen which i was shocked i didn't think he was gonna do that i was shocked too i thought for sure he was gonna kill her or something i did too yeah i was pretty surprised so the queen ends up being sh- the queen herself was pretty shocked that yeah. she got <laughs> trying to no one was more surprised than her and she says something like at least there's one person who's loyal to me and she ends up kicking eliana out of the sea and tossing her back on land and saying stuff like goodbye good riddance don't you ever come back here only the people that are loyal to me are welcome yeah they'll she'll rip her to shreds if she ever gets in the ocean again i I would be moving to the middle of the united states i'd get as far away from the the sahara desert (laughs) yeah where there was no water to be had. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Death yes. Valley. <laughs> Sounds beautiful. Yeah. The queen also blames her for ruining the ritual for the blood moon. And so she's also pissed because of that. That's like the main reason. She's telling her like our race is going to perish. Yeah, all because of you. Because of you. Yeah. Guilt trip. But she says um, maybe we should not have so much power. Eliana says maybe we should not have so much power, majesty. But our race is far from perishing. But then the queen yells back at her we will no longer have the full powers the gods gifted us with right so interesting to see how that plays out because the ritual was screwed up so now she's on land now she's i guess going to be a human forever so they should go straight to their happily ever after from here but they can't yeah because (laughs) okay thank you (laughs) while they're on the beach trying to recover from everything that just happened she's bleeding and bleeding Eddie, apparently Eddie was one of the sacrifices that she had corralled for the Siren Queen. He ends up confronting them. Him and Mark's fight. Eddie ends up falling and he lands on a dagger and dying. He gets injured and he dies. And then Eliana passes out from the pain and the blood loss from her injuries. Mm-hmm. A lot happens in the yes, last few chapters a of lot. this book. But Eddie being there and dying is kind of the perfect thing because Marx needed a scapegoat for somebody to take the blame for all of the missing people. So Marx ends up pinning everything that happened on Eddie. Poor Eddie. He uses Eddie's stalker tendencies and obsession with Eliana to really wrap it up nicely and say that Eddie was the reason 
reason. Like I, I did it. You guys, I figured out who the bad guy was. Yeah. yeah. So he, now that he's wrapped up the case, he plans on returning to New York city. You could blame him. I'd be running. But of course the sheriff, the one that yelled at him earlier mm-hmm. in the book says, well, I'm going to retire. There's kind of a little too much happening in my life. Not my life, but like here on yes. the island. There's a little too much happening on this quiet tourist <laughs> island. And I would like to retire. There's nothing quiet about this island. <laughs> and he says that the island could use a guy like him. Now he's really changing his tune about yeah. Marks. And he says, you should think about transferring and you should right. stay. So Marks goes to visit Eliana. I think, is she in the she hospital? Is in the, or is yeah, she her she's house? in the hospital. Okay. He goes to visit her in the hospital, tells her that he's all like set to leave, like he's ready to go. But she tells him that she won't harm anyone anymore. Not because she's really like grown a conscience and she's decided it's the wrong thing mm-hmm. to do. But she basically says, there's no reason for me to harm people anymore. So I won't do it anymore. <laughs> right. She's banned from their, her civilization. Mm-hmm. The time for killing has passed. So I'll move on with my life, I guess, is how yeah. she tries to win him over, which is pretty yeah, funny to me. Yeah, she's all, I suppose you wrapped up your case. You'll be going back to New York mm-hmm. now. But he surprises her and he confesses that he filled out the transfer paperwork and he wants to stay on the island with her forever. Yes. Of course mm-hmm. he does. So then we get to the epilogue and this epilogue kind of confused me. Okay. The epilogue is told from the queen's point mm-hmm. of view. She's in the ocean somewhere on her throne and she's killed most of the mer yeah. people that were there because they were fighting over the trident and she doesn't think they're loyal. So she's killed a bunch of mer people. Yeah, it's terrible. Titan is still at her side and she starts telling him about a legend that refers to a way for them to keep their magic. Yeah, there is apparently another way to keep their birthright. That does not involve the sacrifices, right? But it's like an urban legend. Oh. So she's got to investigate it some more, mm-hmm. I guess. She says, there is a legend, my dear Titan, older than the waves. It whispers of the gods, more specifically of the tides. It speaks of another way we may keep our magic. And it speaks of the tides appearing before the sea folk. And she says, tides can manipulate the waves, become them for however briefly. And it says that any Anything can be gifted if one is willing to pay the right price. Yeah. That's the part that kind of confused me. It's a very cryptic. Well, she's she's setting up the next book. Yeah. I mean, it's a good way to set up book number two, but I really wasn't, I didn't get what she was trying to say there. Yeah. And it, it ends with her saying soon she would have her revenge. And that's how the book ends. Pretty bloody book. Yeah. Would you tell me what you thought, what you would read it? What'd you think? So I liked this book. Parts of it were kind of slow to me, but then parts of it were good and went fast. Mm-hmm. Like the end was really action packed. A lot A of lot. stuff happened at the end. I, I think it wrapped up and kind of tied the mystery, Eddie, everything. How's he going to stay on the island? That all tied up pretty nicely. Mm-hmm. And I liked their sex scenes and all the things that they did. They were pretty descriptive, even though the scenes themselves were pretty Mm -hmm. short. So I'd probably give this like three and a half, maybe four wet panties. Mm. I mean, I didn't like absolutely love the book, but I didn't hate it. It was like... It was okay. It was different. I've never read a book about sirens. I don't know if I've read a book about mermaids at all. I don't think I have. I liked that they were so dark and really leaned into the um, morbid aspect of the siren legends. Yeah, I 
did like that part too. It, it wasn't my favorite book, but I didn't hate it. Like it was, it was different. It was interesting. Mm -hmm. What about you? Well, when I first started reading this book, I just from the first chapter, I started, I'm like, this is going to be good. I was really excited about it. But I kind of feel I, I like the dark part. I did feel like there were times when the book was too long, like you were saying. I did not like their sex scenes. I didn't like him. I think that's it. I didn't like his character. Oh, interesting. Yeah, I didn't okay. like his character. I like hers a lot better than his. And the end was one thing after another after another happening. It was too much. I think the ending should have been simplified. I, you know... It was different. I give the author props for that, but I didn't love it. I would probably give it two dry panties. There's nothing in this book that I thought was hot okay. or sexy. It started off pretty strong, and I thought the ending was pretty strong because it was action-packed, but it did lag a little bit in the middle. Yeah. And I think maybe I just feel this way really for, like, suspenses in general because he really was doing his, like, investigation and stuff. So you kind of have to follow along with that, which can be kind of boring. I also thought a lot happened at the end with the final battle. Way too much. I was, going in the I was exhausted the by the time <laughs> the end was over. I did like how, this sounds bad, but I did like how he used Eddie as the scapegoat. <laughs> Poor Eddie. <laughs> Worked out well for them, though. This was an interesting book. This is one of the author's, like, earlier works. I actually have read this author before. Oh, I didn't know that. One of her completely unrelated um, book series to this. What was that about? And uh, Was it a paranormal romance? It was a fey romance series. Was it good? I love of this series by What's her. It called? The series is called Fae Elementals. Okay. So book one is a dance with fire. Okay. So that's about Fae and they have different kind of like different kingdoms or like different kind of like in Horde King where it's the different hordes mm -hmm. are highlighted in okay. the books. So this is like different women are in different areas or have different specialties for their like fey power element, their elemental oh, power. Oh, I see. Okay. So like the first book is called A Dance with Fire. So her power is fire. And then the next woman has, um, uh, I want to say water power because she can do like ice and stuff. I'm probably saying the wrong element for her. But I really like that series. It's interconnected books where they you have to read them in order, but each book really focuses on a different main couple. Well, maybe I'll read one of from that series and see. Yeah, you should try that okay. series too. I also like this author because she's real. she writes a lot of really diverse characters, mm -hmm. which can be kind of hard to find in yeah, fantasy. Yeah, I agree. Like in this um, book, The Siren was like, like dark skinned, dark hair, you know, she wasn't the typical like white uh, mermaid, you mm -hmm. know, like she wasn't like Ariel, <laughs> like white with red yeah. hair. Like she right. was. Um, and then in the Fae Elemental series, her first, the first book, the main 
girl, I would say is more of a like Middle Eastern, like Persian oh. It with her features. The next woman is like um, African American almost. And then it's not until the third book in that series where your main character is white, which I kind of like that it's like, each, yeah, it took a while until you got to like the white person. Yeah, I, I think people need, it they need to be that. mixed up a little bit. <laughs> you can't can't all you can still have a great story and have a different ethnicity to the heroine mm. or lead character in the book try that series and let me know because i do really like this author i just think this is one of her earlier well books. i will add it to the laundry list of books <laughs> that i have <laughs> written down it's really terrible i i just found out that ruby dixon is going to release a 16th book in the ice home series so of course i had to add that to my list and right now i'm reading stay sexy and don't get murdered okay <laughs> <laughs> oh, you told me about that. You got it from the library? Yeah, I ended up checking it out from the library. And it the women that do the podcast that I listen to all the time about, okay, which one is it? Hold on. Listen to so much stuff. It's ridiculous. But yeah, I, re I really like them. Is it the My Favorite Murderer? Mm, yes. By Karen okay. Kilgoreth and Georgia Hardstark. I like them a lot. And so it's a book written by them. It's funny. I need to clean my palette from these paranormal romance books. And I found I needed to read something very different. That's hilarious that you're saying that because I'm actually reading some contemporary romances right now. Oh, to now. clean... <laughs> Do the exact same thing. How funny is yeah. that? Yeah. And then also while we're talking, if anybody, you know, listens to Crime Junkies, they mm -hmm. made an announcement the other day. Do you want to talk a little bit about that? I think we should kind of send our thoughts and prayers to them. They're another podcast that I really like. Mm hmm I think we both really like Crime Junkie. They have a huge following, so... Most people, I'm sure, already know this okay. by now. But Crime Junkie is hosted by two women, um, Ashley and Britt. They've been friends since they were uh, little kids. I really love their relationship with one another. It's really yeah, cute I, to see them yeah, together. Britt had a medical incident of probably two weeks ago now at this point. And so she had to have some emergency surgery. She had a brain bleed, for God's sake. She had to have... Several yeah. brain surgeries. I know, it's a poor thing. Like, I could barely listen to Ashley's announcement on the yeah. podcast without tearing yeah. up. And really, like, my heart just goes out to them. And I wish her a fast recovery yes. and hope that they get back together soon because I love them together. Yeah. So <laughs> even if you don't listen um, to them, send some positive vibes her way because mm -hmm. Brit needs all the positive thoughts she can get because they don't they don't know mm -hmm. what's going to happen, do they? She lived, but you know, it's going to be a long haul back, I think. Yeah, I think even if the surgery goes really well, that's probably something that takes a while to recover from no matter what. So, yeah. Poor thing. Yeah. Very yeah, so that's it. That's um, ready to go have my second breakfast, as your grandmother used to say. A snack. <laughs> second breakfast? Yeah, grandma used to do that all the time. It was a cheaty, because you get up so damn early, like I do now, and then mm -hmm. you eat breakfast, and between breakfast and lunch, you're starving. So, you know, I usually have 
like a string cheese or something, yogurt. So my friend and I, we do this from the Hobbits because they have breakfast and second <laughs> breakfast, but then they have elevens mm-hmm. is what they call it. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so her, uh, that's funny you say second breakfast because her and I always, every day that we're working together around 11 o'clock, we're like, okay, what's the deal? It's elevens. <laughs> Are we going to eat lunch yeah. soon? Are we just going to have a snack and try yes. to eat on lunch? That's funny mm-hmm. because I have to have my snack before 1030 because at 11, I do the same thing. Should I just wait for lunch? Should I eat lunch early? It's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Oh, and I forgot to tell you because you know, I don't know what I think. Uh, my actions, I have no control over my actions apparently, but I went to the garden club meeting yesterday and you are now uh-huh. talking to the co-chair. I don't know if it's, the, I don't even know if it's the vice president co-chair, if it's the entertainment committee co-chair, but a woman I know from my other club meeting, the women's club turned me on to the garden club and she's like, do you want to do this with me? And I'm like, is it for an event or is it it's for, for the, the whole, whole year? year? I'm like, sure. Why <laughs> nice. not? So I ran to the bathroom <laughs> while they were doing club business. And when I came back, she goes, before we chickened out, I told her that we were going to do it. And I was like, oh God, we didn't even talk about it after the, oh, yes, yeah, so okay. I'm in some committee now. I don't know what. If we're confessing to volunteering, I am the PTA treasurer for the elementary <laughs> school. <laughs> On top of everything else you do, I need to fold my mm-hmm. life schedule so that I stay out of your hair. <laughs> you already have too many things. <laughs> Holy crap. I I know, but they were looking for people to volunteer and my friend wanted to be the PTA president and she asked if I would be interested in doing something See, with her. See, that's exactly what happened to me. Yeah, and I, I was the treasurer for the Girl yeah. Scout troop for a few years. So I was like, I could be the treasurer. It's probably not that different. Famous last words is probably a huge nightmare. In yeah, comparison my God. <laughs> oh, yeah, we're crazy. Well, if we're going to confess, then I'm going to confess that I don't know. What- oh, God. <laughs> Are we going to just keep going? No, I think this is the last one because I'm sure you'll hang up on me. I I ordered okay. more irises. Oh, my yeah, God. Yeah, I ordered seven more irises. I was working on my Excel spreadsheet where I, you know, <laughs> List, list them, them all, all in alphabetical order. I feel like I'm missing a lot of them, but I have no fucking clue where I'm going to put these because I don't have any more room. I seriously have no more room. Well, maybe you should plant them at our house on the hill because apparently our water meter is broken. And so our water usage is reading at oh, zero. Still, and so, okay. well, it's never read at zero before. We knew there was a problem <laughs> with the water meter because they keep coming out to like, as long Check as it. they don't back bill you, like, oh, you haven't, you've been at zero or almost nothing for months. So now you owe us $3,000. You don't want that happening. Apparently the no usage fee for the water company is $80. Great. So we owe them there $80. There you go. <laughs> yeah. And on top of that creepy things that happen, the A named thing that's in the you know what I'm talking about? I don't want to say it because I have one here. Yes, the big lug that you have. For no, August. you can't say the what name because it will it'll talk. Alexa. Oh yes. Okay. Okay. <laughs> it's talking in my living room. You just whispered to me. 
Alexa, go to back to sleep. Wow. Yeah, that thing's scary. Um, yeah, so it's talking in my living room. I have no idea why. I'm not in my living room. The ghost sits back. It's picking up some noise, okay. yeah. There's no noise to be had. Our next book is called Dragon's Baby. Dragon's Baby, it is book one of, is this an I or an, oh, I think it's a J. Red Planet Dragons of Tash. I don't know how to say this. T-A-J-S. I just call it Dragon's Baby. Uh-huh, yeah. The book is called Dragon's Baby, but I was trying to say the series. How many name, books are in the series? Whatever. Know. I looked it up this morning to download book one. So this series is by Miranda Martin. Mm -hmm. And there was a lot, actually, when I looked it up. I was surprised. Oh, good. I, I'm glad. Let me see if I can... I realized last night I'm going to be reading three books at once now because Why? I got to read Dragon's Baby. I'm in the middle of Stay Sexy and Don't Get Murdered, which is hilarious. I highly recommend it. I love the way they write. And Ruby Dixon came out with an orc book called Half Orc's Maiden Bride. Oh, yeah. So I, saw I read the first chapter and all three, you know, all three, two books, because I already was reading Stay Sexy and Don't Get Murdered. And I was like, Jesus Christ, I'm going to be reading three books at once now. I can't do that, but mm. you can do that. So this is book one of Oh 24. my God, 24. So if we like it, this could be a good thing. This could be a nice rabbit yes. hole for us to I'm go really down. looking forward to reading this book, to be honest with you. I hope it's good. Mm -hmm. Yeah, me too. I, I need another so long series to yeah, dive into. Get lost in. Yeah. The world is too... I want to be as far from reality as possible. Well, this uh, Red Planet Dragon series might just Yay. be a thing. And I love dragons. <laughs> yeah. So there you go. All right. Well, there we okay. have it. That's a wrap, All right. People. That's a wrap. Goodbye, Rachel. <laughs> Goodbye, Kara. No, that's weird. Bye, honey. Bye Mom. Yeah, don't call me Kara. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Bonded Books Podcast. You can rate and review us on Spotify and Apple Podcast. Our email is bondedbookspodcast at gmail.com. And check the show notes for a link to all of our social media. Mm -hmm.